Why, hello there, everyone. Welcome to episode 13. Doesn't that mean something spooky's supposed to happen? We'll see. It probably won't. Hollywood has eight offerings for us this week. One with a legendary comedian, one with a legendary band, and one with just an overall legend. It's the week of September 16th, and this is Future Flicks. Alright, everyone. 13, yeah, that's a number. Well, thank you, thank you if you are still listening. Especially thank you if you've started with one and made it all the way here and didn't shut me off yet going, Oh, this guy's full of hot air. I I really appreciate it. And if you're brand new, thank you. Thank you for giving me a shot. I am Billiam. This is Future Flicks on the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Network. And let's get started with some news. We have three passings this week. First off is actor Hugh O'Brien. He passed on September 5th. I unfortunately missed this story, so I wasn't able to put it in last week's episode. He was an icon in westerns, having played Wyatt Earp in the TV show The Legend of Wyatt Earp. He was actually supposed to be in an upcoming movie called Old Soldiers, but I'm I'm not sure if he was able to finish filming that. He passed at the age of 91. Second on the unfortunate passings is director Leslie H. Martinson. He died at the age of 101. Why would you know this man, you may ask? Well, he directed Batman the movie. You know, the one with Adam West? Yeah, he did that. It's a classic. Campy as all hell, but classic. Third was a young man named Aaron Eaton. He was a British actor from a movie called Brotherhood. He was only 29 and he had a full career ahead of him. So that is that is a tragedy. And lastly, in the news, this one not so sad, 1988's Alien Nation is getting a remake from director Jeff Nichols, who wrote and directed Mud with Matthew McConaughey. The original had James Caan, who I'll be discussing later this episode, Mandy Patinkin from Princess Bride, you know, he was Inigo Montoya, and Terrence Stamp, who was General Zod in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, and was the voice of Jor-El in Smallville. So that's going to be interesting, just because it's a it's a remake that I hope they're not going to do a Pete's Dragon with where they just totally do their own thing and just keep some of the character names. So hopefully this movie about the racist cop being forced to pair up with an alien, with an you know actual alien as in from space, not not a minority. Um so hopefully they'll they'll stick to the roots of that one, but just use the modern technology to its advantage. Well that's it for the news, my dear friends, which brings us to my pick of the week. It's going to be a good one this week, though, just like the past couple weeks, it's not going to have, at least I don't think, a wide release. I have not seen this movie mentioned anywhere. That movie is Mr. Church. A talented cook lends his service to a dying mother and her little girl. It started out as a six-month job, but turned into a relationship when the little girl grows close to Mr. Church. This stars Eddie Murphy from such classics as Shrek and Beverly Hills Cop, and Britt Robertson from movies like Tomorrowland. 
Eddie Murphy, wow, do you remember him? He used to be huge. He used to be the number one name in comedy with movies from 48 Hours to Holy Man to, to Showtime. Remember that one with Robert De Niro? Then in about 2013, he, he stopped working regularly. And this is his first silver screen movie since Tower Heist in 2011. I could be wrong on that because I can't remember if A Thousand Words was ever released in theaters. It's really good to see him again. He's made he's made a lot of crap, but he's also made some of the best comedies of all time. Coming to America and Trading Places are fantastic movies and should be seen by everyone. Mr. Church doesn't look like a comedy, though. It looks like a drama that has a few funny moments. What gets me is how this looks equal parts heartwarming and heartbreaking. This movie looks horribly predictable, but the seemingly good performances does a lot to save it. Mr. Church is a type of movie that's not going to win any awards, but I bet you that most people who see it will enjoy it, and even for a select few, it will become one of their favorite movies. This may not provide a terribly unique story or even make anyone's best of the year list, but this, this is just a movie that looks enjoyable. And at the end of the day, what's more important than that? What bothers me about the trailer, though, is that it gave away a lot of the plot. They could have just left it at what I told you in the synopsis, and it still would have looked interesting, but they added a whole bunch of other things that happened in the movie that didn't need to be in the trailer. That could have been left as a surprise, and I think it would have made it a much more effective trailer in that way. Instead of now, if I saw it tomorrow, I would know exactly what to expect. Sure, the ending could come out of nowhere and still surprise me, but for at least the majority of the movie, I'm going to know what's up. And that does take some of the fun out of it. But still, even with all that negative, this movie looks good enough to be my pick of the week. So here is my vote, my dear friends, is you watch this movie, whether or not you see it in theaters, whether or not it's even available in your areas, or you wait for streaming or DVD, or you find a friend who has it and you borrow it from them. This is a movie that you see. This is a movie that you'll remember. Next on the list is the first of the two documentaries this week. This one is called The Beatles, Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years. This is a compilation of found footage featuring music, interviews, and stories of the Beatles' 250 concerts from 1963 to 1966. Alright, what can I really say about this? It's the Beatles. Everyone knows the Beatles. They're the biggest and most influential band ever, and I don't think that they will ever be topped. Of course, you can make the argument that better music has been made, especially if you're one of those people whose ear holes are broken and they hate the Beatles. But here's the thing, the Beatles were a cultural phenomenon and they were also pioneers in the ways of, in the ways of music. Sure, they had help, but what band doesn't? This movie has seemingly current interviews from Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney as well as footage that no one has ever seen before from those years, 1963 to 1966, that the Beatles were touring. The IMDB description of the movie calls it a compilation of found footage. It's almost sad that when I hear found footage, I no longer think of actual found footage. I think of the genre of horror movies like Paranormal Activity and the original Blair Witch. Movies like this aren't the kind you see in theaters. You buy these once they come out because you love the subject matter that much, or you stream it. 
There are very few documentaries that need to be seen in theaters, and most of the time they're shown in planetariums or science centers because they're epic BBC-level nature films with animals we never knew existed, or not just from B the BBC, but from but space-like ones where we see what the Hubble telescope can see. Those are things you have to see in the theaters because the, they use those amazing IMAX screens to their full potential. But movies like this are made for the fans, and the fans normally don't care enough to rush to the theater to see it. Movies like this, they make all their money in DVD sales or when they sell it to a company like Netflix or Hulu to stream. That's where they're going to make their money back. This is directed, interestingly enough, by Ron Howard, so that piques my interest a little more. I will definitely see this. I know it. I am not going to see it in theaters, though, which brings me to my vote, and if you haven't guessed, is you see this movie, but just not in theaters. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, this brings me to my movie suggestion of the week. And that is a movie called Eight Days a Week. Talking about the Beatles documentary made me remember this movie from way back in 1997. This stars Carrie Russell from TV shows like Felicity and The Americans. And this movie was about a boy named Peter who loved the girl next door, Erica, played by Carrie Russell. And on his grandfather's advice, he camps outside of her house right under her window, hoping that she'll agree to go out with him. Man, that is, that's actually really creepy. It's, that's a really creepy thing to do. But it's okay, because this is a movie, and movie characters get away with a ton of stuff that people in real life would never, ever get away with. And it may be creepy, but Eight Days a Week is a wonderfully cute and romantic movie that has a message that all young nerds love to hear, that personality is more important than looks. So check out Eight Days a Week. I'm not actually sure if you can stream it. It is the thing. I no longer have Netflix streaming because I have really bad internet. So I'm, I went back to Netflix DVDs, and I know you can get it on Netflix on DVD, but I don't know if their streaming site has it. And if you want to buy it, it's going to cost a little more, but I, I highly believe it is worth it. Because this movie, they don't print it anymore. So you can find it used, or even sometimes new, but just an older copy for about 20 bucks. Trust me, it's cute. Give it a watch. Alright, we have one more movie to talk about before the break, and I've been really nice this episode. I, I want to give myself a pat on the back for that. Good job, me, for being so nice. And that time is now over. It's done, because we are talking about a movie called Bridget Jones's Baby. This is a continuing adventure of Bridget Jones as she enters her 40s. Why? Why do we need this? Oh, that's right, we didn't. I guess Renee Zellweger was just tired of doing nothing. The first one was okay, it really was. Uh, it was enjoyable, even though it had that total Pride and Prejudice theme going on with Mr. Darcy, but the second one? No, it was unnecessary. The third one? Not necessary at all. This movie should never have even been thought of. Alright, I know these are based on books, but just because you haven't made a movie out of every damn book they wrote doesn't mean you have to finish them. This series should have been left alone. It belongs in the early 2000s when it came out and it needs to stay there. The usual suspects return, Renee Zellweger, Colin Firth, and Hugh Grant, all from the first one. And the worst part is this movie doesn't even look funny. Tired jokes all revolving around a woman who can't make up her mind and keeps stringing two guys along, and the two guys are too lovestruck to see they deserve better than her. Sure, she may have made her decision with sarcastic air quotes, in the other movies, but now in comes the other guy, and oh, has she really made her decision? No, no, no. They deserve better than her. But Billiam, 
you may ask. Would you be having the same problem if the guy was a main character and two women were fawning over him? Yes! Yes, I would! It's a stupid idea! Sure, it's good for one movie, maybe, maybe two, but the third one just makes me go, oh my god, get over it. I knew a woman like Bridget Jones, and eventually she chased away every guy that was ever into her. That would have been more realistic. Okay, Bridget Jones 4, all alone. There we go. That's your next movie. This movie looks like a terrible mess that should never have been made. My vote, which you can probably guess, avoid this movie and watch anything else instead. And that happy rant, my friends, brings us to our break. So, once again, you will hear from a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. So please don't forget to give them some love because they have a fantastic podcast. A truly fantastic one. And while you're at it, don't forget to watch the... Watch. What is this? TV? Don't forget to listen to the Watch Your Mouth podcast because even though I don't have an ad for them, it's still a really good one. Critter is part of it. Critter from Somewhat Nerdy Radio is part of it. And I just love listening to it. It is it is just a joy to listen to. It's hilarious and filthy because unlike me, who is oh so pure and almost never swears, they make a big deal about swearing and they do it all the time and it's great. So ladies and gentlemen, here is a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational snarf Chris and the cunning critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And my dear friends and movie lovers, we are back. So all you loyal listeners of the show will know that normally when my pick of the week is a movie that may not get a wide release, I try to have another one just to have a pick that people can actually see. This week I'm not going to have one just because the bigger movies this week just don't look that interesting to me. The next one I'm going to talk about I I think I will probably see it. It does look interesting, but just still had too high of a chance it could be crap. That movie is Snowden. I'm not going to do a synopsis. You know the story. You don't need me to tell you. And if you don't know the story, then there's this great thing called the news that you can look up on this newfangled thing called the internet. When I was watching the trailer, I thought it had Oliver Stone written all over it. And guess what? It was written and directed by him. I hope it's going to be an honest telling. I really do. That it'll just say, here's what happened, and make up your own mind. I'm not holding my breath, but there's always hope. I don't know the full story of what Snowden did, but I bet you the truth is somewhere in between the argument both sides are making. I never saw W by Oliver Stone, because by the time it came out, I was so sick of hearing about people hating on, or loving, George W. Bush that I avoided it. So enough time has passed that I think I should watch it. I think that now is the time. But as for Snowden, it looks good. It looks like it has a really good cast. Joseph Gordon-Levitt from Inception, along with Timothy Oliphant from Justified, Scott Eastwood from Fury, 
Shailene Woodley, I do believe that's how you say her name, from The Fault in Our Divergence, Zachary Quinto from Star Trek, and the king of movies, Nicolas Cage. JGL has two modes. In one mode, he just delivers a good performance, but really doesn't change himself up all that much. In his other mode, like the mode he used for Looper, he really really changes himself by learning to be the person he's portraying. In Looper, he studied Bruce Willis to get the way he talks and holds himself down, and he did a fantastic job in that. In this one, he looks and sounds just like Edward Snowden. At first, I thought they had pulled some footage of him that I haven't seen before and doctored it up to make it look like a movie, but nope, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The reason I didn't have this be my pick is because movies like this are dangerous. Because even though Oliver Stone is a really good director, it's hard to get a new story this epic into one movie. It's easier to do it with something like Titanic. Yeah, okay, N not the best example, but, uh, but stay with me because, you know, James Cameron invented a story to add to it, blah, 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 whatever. But stay with me here because that is just one event. And while what, what Snowden did was, was just one thing, it took over such a span of time and had so many different causes that it would be hard to, con to condense it all into one movie. Oliver Stone could have done it. He could have done a really good job with it. But at the same time, this could be like that Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs movie where it's just eh, meh, and then you wait for the next one to come out that's going to be a lot better. So my vote for this one is check this out. Maybe in theaters. Maybe in theaters if it interests you that much. But I just don't think it's worth it. I just believe that there's a better movie to watch. Thus, my pick of Mr. Church. Like I said earlier, we have two documentaries this week, and the second is Silicon Cowboys. And no, this is not a hidden sequel to Breastman. Silicon Cowboys is the story of Compaq, the computer company, and the battle they did against tech giant IBM. This is a documentary that covers events from the early 80s into the 90s, and boy does it show. Of course, old footage is going to look dated, but isn't that part of the charm? However, the rest of the footage, the stuff that I assume is new since compact people look old in it, looks like it was recorded back then. Of course, it could be part of the movie's style, like it, like the whole thing was a relic from the past, or I just could have been watching a bad copy of the trailer. Who knows, but it just looked odd. Even the stuff that was recorded recently looked odd. Silicon Cowboys looks interesting, but once again, this doesn't show a lion hunting a gazelle in slow motion, so I'm not going to see it in theaters. And good God, I remember my first computer. Unfortunately, it wasn't a compact. I wasn't on their side in this one. Well, actually, I didn't get a choice. My parents bought it. My first computer was an IBM Aptiva. I still remember Christmas morning, 1995, opening that up and taking out everything thinking I could put it together. My parents needed to call my uncle, who worked in the industry, to put it together for us because instructions are hard. He wasn't a fan of Windows, so he taught me how to use DOS. That's right, if I wanted to play a game, I had to enter the command through DOS because back then, I didn't know you could just make an icon on the desktop for a game or anything else you wanted. Who knew? I was 12. I had been writing on a typewriter until then. The trailer for this did intrigue me enough to put it on my to-watch list, just because I never knew there was such a big battle between Compaq and IBM. Because if you remember back in the day, IBM was it. They were it when it came to computers. Macs were cool, but who the hell cared? There were no other big shots around, so this group of nerds thought, oh, let, let's build our own computer and put out a product. We'll call it Compaq. Why not? That's a fantastic name. 
<laughs> but this looks interesting. It looks fun just seeing the behind the scenes angle of this. Just seeing the side of the tech industry that we don't see. So my vote for this one is check it out if the history of technology interests you. But other than that, you can pass. And definitely don't see it in theaters. If it does come out in theaters. Next up is Blair Witch. After finding the video which shows the events of the Blair Witch Project, James takes his group of friends on a quest into the woods where his sister went missing hoping to find her or some clues to her location. Hey guys, I got a great idea. I found this creepy old tape that shows people getting dead in the woods. Let's go out there, okay? Cool. No! No, that's not what you do! If I go missing and my family or friends finds a video showing some scary stuff happening to me, I would hope that they would just go to a bar and make a toast in my name and leave it at that. Don't go out into some scary woods and get yourself dead. Don't do that. No, no, no. This stars James Allen McCune from Shameless and The Walking Dead, relative newcomers Corbin Reed and Wes Robinson, and Valerie Curry from The Following. This was written by Simon Barrett, the same guy who did VHS and The Guest, and is directed by Adam Wingard, who directed, you guessed it, VHS and The Guest. So at least the writer and director have worked together before, and at the very least, they've done movies that weren't terrible. I thought those were fine movies. As far as, you know, cheesy horror goes, they were fine. Never once did bringing the Blair Witch back ever pop into my mind as something that Hollywood should do. But with the success of the James Wan horror movies, I bet you more and more production companies want to jump on the bandwagon and be the next one to have a yearly or bi-yearly horror franchise. Don't get me wrong, this could be a good movie, but right now it looks like all the other New Age horrors. The same pattern always repeats itself. Remember the 80s? Remember the heyday of slasher flicks? For people like Roz, and to a lesser extent myself, these days were the golden age of horror. But I can still remember a new movie coming out and seeing a masked killer and thinking that the movies were all starting to look alike. We went through that same phase with zombies, and now with ghosts slash demons. What I'm waiting for is that new thing. It's the new horror movie that's going to come out, come out of nowhere, take us by surprise, and set the standard. For the next few years or decade for the next decade i'm gonna see this movie i'm not even gonna lie to myself i'm gonna see it this brings me to my vote and like me see this movie check it out sure why not if horror movies your thing check this out just don't do it in theaters it's not gonna be worth it our second to last movie of the week is called the good neighbor a pair of high school kids try to make their neighbor believe he's being haunted. They place cameras in his home to record every reaction but discover something they never expected. This stars Logan Miller from Scout's Guide to the Apocalypse, Keir Gilchrist from It Follows, and James Caan from Misery and the Godfather. This is a very interesting idea that looks like it just gives James Caan an excuse to play a crotchety old man. This feels like some awkward baby of the Truman Show and Paranormal Activity, and I like this. You know, this may not have made it as my pick, and to be honest, I may even not try that hard to watch it. But this is something I wish Hollywood would do more, and it's try a newish 
idea. Okay, I know I said Truman Show and Paranormal Activity, but you know what this reminds me of more? Is Rear Window. You know, the Alfred Hitchcock film from 1954 starring Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly? Yeah, that one. That one was really good. This one could be good too, just because it takes that same idea, the, this voyeuristic idea, but adds a different spin to it. Where instead of just being some guy who's relegated to bed rest, who starts watching his neighbors, it's some dumb kids who decide they want to try a social experiment, quote-unquote. Okay, if anything bad happens to these kids in this movie, they 100% get what they deserve. In the trailer, they make it seem like an experiment, but they're really just doing a cruel version of Candid Camera. The script sets up the perfect scenario where the kids just can't call the cops if they see anything hinky, just because they would get in pretty serious trouble too and they have an already sizable list of crimes that they could be charged for breaking and entering and and you know the whole voyeur thing has to be really illegal right i don't know exactly what that's called but you know there's that the question then on where the movie will go is what is their limit how bad does this old man have to be before they will risk their own punishment it looks like this movie gets pretty tense especially when there were scenes of them breaking into the old man's house not just to place the cameras but to do some investigating and then also watching as they try and make him feel like he's being haunted and then watch him flip out and like bust the door down with an axe or something so that makes me think that I will like this movie, but I'm torn with this because I bet you it could be very enjoyable, tense like I was just saying, and good enough to watch in theaters just because you get the whole experience of the big screen, the dark room, the surround sound, that whole experience, but it just doesn't grab me. This didn't even make it close to being my pick. And the fact that I can't make up my mind if it's worth it or not gives me my vote. So my vote, since this isn't an automatic recommendation, is to keep your eye on it. And if you want to see it in theaters, do so. Other than that, you can wait. And if it interests you, you can check it out on streaming or DVD. Our last movie is called Wild Oats. Eva's husband passes away, and when the life insurance check comes, she sees that it was made out for $5 million instead of 50000 Instead of telling the insurance company, she cashes the check and goes on an adventure with her best friend. The first thing that came to mind when I saw this trailer is something one of my creative writing teachers told me once. This was about seven years ago now. She told me that your best shot at making money as a writer is to find out what's really growing in popularity and start pumping out stories to jump on the bandwagon early. You can work on your passion project on the side, but pump out smut just to make money. At that time, the growing genre was geriatric romance, old people romance. So I threw up in my mouth a little after hearing that, and I decided that I'll just write what I want to write. And if I never sell anything, then at least I'm not forcing myself to write something I didn't love. But back to the movie at hand. This stars the legendary Shirley MacLaine from movies like Steel Magnolias, Jessica Lange from Tootsie, and Demi Moore from G.I. Jane. Oh, actually, a couple other people. Billy Connolly from Boondock Saints and Last Samurai, and Judd Hirsch from Independence Day and the TV show Numbers. Wild Oats looks like a funny and touching movie. It's like a painting by Thomas Kincaid. It's not going to be put in any art gallery or going to sell for millions of dollars like some Georgia O'Keeffe piece. But damn it, who doesn't love a pretty landscape? 
This is just a standard movie with a de decent performance that isn't going to ruffle any feathers or garner anyone's attention. This is a mix of a vacation movie and a feel-good finding yourself movie. Eva has to find herself in the world and find her actually find her place in the world after her other half dies and does so by going on an adventure. This doesn't strike me as a must-see, but I have the feeling it will be more like the movie In Her Shoes that also stars Shirley MacLaine. It's a movie that I love a lot, but I would never have seen it in theaters. I missed it when it came through, and even knowing what I know now, I still, I don't think I would have made time to go see it. But it's in my collection. I watch it at least once a year. It is fantastic. It is heartwarming. It is funny. But I'm okay with only watching it on the small screen. I bet you that Wild Oats will be the same thing. I bet you that will be enjoyable. That it will be fun. And that you'll watch it and you'll feel good. You'll be like, okay, I'm glad I watched that. That was a great choice. But you won't feel that you'll have missed anything by not seeing it in theaters. Interesting fact here is Sarah Jessica Parker was supposed to be in this, but was replaced with Demi Moore, which is something that I don't mind at all. I'm not a big Sarah Jessica Parker fan. She has a, a nice range as an actress, but ever since Sex in the City, she's played varying degrees of Carrie Bradshaw. Demi Moore, on the other hand, doesn't have such limitations. I'm not saying that this role is going to be challenging, but just I'm glad that someone better got the part. So my vote for this one is you see this movie, but do so from the comfort of your own couch. Well, my friends, that is it. That is it for this week. Those are all of the movies coming out. And I would like to thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to my movie ramblings each week. If you're new, once again, welcome. Thank you for giving me a shot. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for your support. If you have any questions or comments, you could leave a leave a comment on SoundCloud or the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please, pretty, pretty, please give me a like or a follow or whatever, whatever you're listening to me on allows you to do. Do you have any questions for me? You can also email me, billiamreviews at gmail.com. You can tweet me, billiam, S-W-N. Please be sure to visit the Somewhat Nerdy website. I'm working on some new written stuff. So my friends, do not forget to give Somewhat Nerdy Radio some love. Do not forget to give the Watch Your Mouth podcast some love. And please do not forget that no matter what you do, no matter where your week takes you, take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, and that's a wrap.